0: night 8 p.m eastern standard time and you are on nerd initiative youtube channel and it's time for another edition of turn a page so this week we're giving you a little prequel for what is going to be going on this friday because tom what is friday i'm batman day that's right it's batman day but we decided to feature a story that does have the Cape crusader but not in the best of light it's a great story coming out of the pages of justice league of america which if you haven't read this one well sit back Grab an issue, and let's get ready to turn a page.
1: Welcome to Turn a Page, the official comic book club for nerd initiative. Each week, the NI Bullpen will be covering the world of comics, talking to creators, Deep diving into some fantastic stories and much more. Now let's
0: hand it over to the team and turn a page. You gotta love that Tom Jolo intro. Everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another edition of Turn a Page. My name is Ken M. You might know me as the host of the ODPH podcast, but I'm also Nerd Initiative, Comics Editor in Chief to my left. Your right. Hit him with it. I'm Batman. Oh
1: no. Um, hold on, coming at you live and direct, straight from the ODPH studio, my name is Off The Cuff Tom, your pop culture connoisseur, and once again, thank you so much for having me on, Ken. Nerd Initiative, it is always a pleasure.
0: Absolutely, thank you for coming back on, and we have decided here at the Nerd Initiative Bullpen to kick off Batman Week in a little different way, because if you're not familiar, there is a day of the year that is solely devoted to the Cape Crusader. That it is. The Dark Knight's Day is going to be coming up this Friday... September 16th, and we here at Nerd Initiative have something very, very special planned out for it, but you'll have to find out about that at the end of the show. But in the meantime, we decided for this week's edition, we are going to talk about a story that definitely is one of my personal favorites of the Justice League of America storyline. It has been made into a couple different movies.
1: Yes, Justice League, Doom, and the last uh, DC animated universe.
0: Mm -hmm. So what we're going to be talking about is from the pages of Justice League of America, 43 to 46, Tower of Babel by DC Comics. Now, this is a very interesting book because this is coming off the heels of arguably... The Greatest Run of Justice League Comic Books by Grant Morrison. Absolutely. Which, if you have not read Grant Morrison's run, I highly recommend it. I have a feeling sooner than later we will be talking about that book on here. But that was really what brought the Justice League back to prominence in my eyes, especially when the book is coming out on the heels of the death of Superman and really— when it debuts in the two thousands, you know, early or late nineties, I should say, for the series, right, it got back to basics about what the Justice League is all about. You had the Great Seven of the DC universe come together: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, Green Lantern, and Martian Manhunter, all as one team. Indeed, and the team had grown uh, outside of there, and it was really built for those epic battles that would require such a team to get together. So, it wasn't like a mix of one A lister, a couple B listers, here's C lister. No, this was the heavy hitters of the Justice League and the DC universe. And especially when you think about how much they meant and really added something to the overall mystique of the DCU. Because, like we always say about how iconic it is. Mm-hmm. And this lineup really kicked off the Snyderverse, love it or hate it. Right. It really transformed. ...and send it into the the tunes, and it really set the staple about what superhero teams are all about.
1: Indeed. Uh, uh, you know, what was also so great about it is that this, when you read this book, you're going to get, just in the colors and the textures, you know, just on the art style alone, it is synonymous with what you're going to see in that late 90s, early 2000s. Big, heavy, thick, dark lines. Huge, barrel-chested, you know, superheroes. I mean... The only thing that DC did right is they didn't have as many, you know, little utility belts and pockets.
0: If they only had more pouches,
1: that would have been epic. No, no more pouches. They were fine over in, in, you know, everywhere else except the DC Universe.
0: (laughs) Oh, you stop. That was such a 90s thing. But it really added something here. So when Grant Morrison had left the book they turned the reins over to arguably one of the greatest comic writers of all time and one that was very familiar with handling big books like this and that's Mark Wade. Yes. And when you saw him get a hold of this and really want to make a big impact with this story, that's what really kicked in because when you have to come in off the heels of such you know a legendary run that Grant had you had to come with a really interesting story. You had to swing
1: for the fences, literally. Like you had to have something that not only was a worldwide issue, you know, affecting the, the inner world of the DC universe, but something that would hit all those newly well, or reestablished, let's say it that way, characters mm. to their core. And this is where you really put your mark on it and say, okay, this is mine, I'm running with it.
0: Absolutely. And what better way to do it than really go after a theme that had been carried over from Grant's run. Because during his run, Batman had really developed into the mythos we know today. And what I mean by that is you really saw the whole Batman with prep time come to life. He was a real loner on this team. He almost seemed as if he was put off to work with everybody Mm -hmm. at one point. And without giving anything away from the original run of this uh, lineup he became the most powerful member of the DCU in the sense of his impact with the team.
1: Yes. Okay. I, I, now I see where you're going with this and definitely something we can touch on at the end um, so we don't lose
0: or get anything lost in the pages. Mm-hmm. But as we kick off with the story, because we are going to be talking spoilers, so you have been forewarned if you need them. This is a story that really kicks off in a unique way because it dives right in to Raza Ghul. The Demon's Head, Mm -hmm. one of the most legendary Batman villains of all time, and one that really is a bigger threat to the whole DC universe as a whole Mm -hmm. than I think he gets credit for. But but he's always so focused with the Dark Knight. I mean, we have seen a little interpretations on TV with Arrow, and you know that was that. Take it for what it is. But to see him in this light, I thought was very interesting because what he is doing is he is on this whole idea. Of just really implementing his will and his overall vision of wiping out half the population, mm-hmm. you know, much like a, a certain somebody with a snap, and how he goes about this is a very interesting method because he's attacking humanity on all levels, but he has done the unthinkable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Tom, what is that?
1: He he's he's taken someone's contingency plans and used them against them.
0: Mm-hmm. So as we see. He decides to attack the Justice League very personally. Very. And as he starts out, he distracts Batman because obviously he considers Batman the most deadliest member and does one of the most heinous acts I think I've seen in any, any comic. And that is he digs up the graves of Batman's parents. Save Martha. Yeah. And Thomas. Of all the acts you can do to really start up and cause some problems, like how much of an insult is that?
1: Well, you think about it. Batman is solely based on trauma, so how's the only way that you can affect a character like that is to traumatize him more? You know, like jumping randomly in the chat like Rich does and mm-hmm. says hi. You know, it's just stuff like that.
0: But we always appreciate that. But when you come in and you hit the ground running, and especially that is so much to distract Batman because you also hit him on such a personal level. Oh yeah, and obviously he tries keeping that mystique above it that he thinks that, you know, almost an Alex Luthor type vibe, that you know he's unbreakable in that sense and he can't let his guard down. But when you hit him on that level, obviously he knows something's up. You have, and, you hit him in the bat nuts. Yeah, basically. So while he is distracted with this, you see the Raz is going on his attack. And he goes after the Martian Manhunter first. And what he does here is so interesting because obviously everybody knows the Martian Manhunter's biggest fear is fire. Yes. And he decides to attack him with
1: nanobots? Nanites that are covered in magnesium. And for those of you science geeks who, you know, are, are totally with me, magnesium ignites when exposed to oxygen. So as soon as they seep through his skin, he's literally burning on fire. Now we do find out later and I don't know if this would be connected to this run that the fear of fire in Martians is psychological that goes back it's it's kind of a predisposure that they have to it so they can come you know overcome it but I don't believe at this point yet we had that
0: established right so at this point you see the Martian manhunter is literally <laughs> dying inside mm-hmm And as you see, Raz's attack is just going after more of the Justice League while he's also going after the world's leaders. And we do see the unique pairing. And this is something that I was surprised after Grant's run that this character hung around, and that's Plastic Man. Dude, Plaz, I, I think, is finally
1: getting, nowadays, the just do that he needs. I was actually having a conversation with my wonderful wife, you know, and I said, babe, if you really think about it, in the Justice League, if you're talking power level alone, it's Martian Manhunter's number one. Mm-hmm. Plastic Man, in my opinion, is number two. Then it's soups. It's debate. It's a great debate. And it, it's it, it, it's it's yeah, it is. It's an excellent debate. But again, that's my opinion, and uh, these opinions <laughs> do not voice or that of uh, the Nerd Initiative. They are just solely of off the cuff. Tom.
0: Yes, but it still plays into factor though, because you see that they go right after Plastic Man and take him out. With liquid nitrogen, of all things? Yeah, uh, pull a di- Mr. Freeze. Yeah. And I mean, it, w- worked, it worked in the Fantastic Four movie. hmm And as you see, when Aquaman goes into the World Nations meeting and tries stopping the attack, he gets hit with something, and this is so diabolically genius.
1: Oh, God, yeah. He gets hit with the Scarecrow's toxin. A- souped up, amped up version.
0: Yeah, this is like a uh, an Omega level. Can we say that?
1: I would definitely say that. I mean, you'd have to really mess with it to one go through Atlantean skin and and to be able to mess with the Atlantean physiology. So yeah, I would definitely say that this is uh, on steroids.
0: Mm-hmm. And as we see, the biggest fear is he doesn't want to drink water. Mm-hmm. He needs he to becomes, stay away for a while. He becomes hydrophobic. The man who needs to
1: be in the water is afraid of the only thing that sustains his life.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's it's you know it's almost like a horror aspect of this going on because you just see him just breaking down Mm -hmm. and he almost knows like he understands what's going on, but he can't do anything about it because the power level is so amped up about it. Yep. And as we see the rest of the justice league is sitting there trying to figure out what's going on, but Batman is away because he's still trying to track down what's going on with his parents. He does track down Roz at this time because he figures out it's him. And then he's given a Faustian deal. Yeah. And what was your thoughts when you're reading this? Because Roz says, I'm deciding to resurrect your parents in the Lazarus pit. Like, what is going through your head as a reader watching this? As a reader, you know, w- with my background, I'm
1: knowing, one, what the problem is with the Lazarus pit. You know, especially someone that's been that long dead. I know, I, as much as I would want my parents back, knowing that they're definitely not going to be the same person, I, I wouldn't do it, but... Considering, again, going back to the fact that Batman is solely based on the fact that his parents are dead and everything is, you know, that is his cornerstone. It's hard for Batman to try and interpret, just like me. I can't
0: even say it in the words. hmm But Batman going into that whole alternate per- personality, which they have been touching upon a little bit if you haven't been reading what's going on in the Gotham War right now, really just shuts that down super quick. Mm-hmm. And Roz is like, well, if you're not going to take my offer, well, I'm going to have to go step it up a further. Yep. And he decides to do something which I did not understand at first when I read this initially, but after going through a second read, it's ingenious because what he decides to do is is go use some fables from the Tower of Babel and scramble the words.
1: Yeah, through. like literally it is. He he did something on a biblical level. Mm-hmm. He made a transmitter that the whole world, whether it was looking at something or speaking or reading or whatnot, you could not get it. You know, the Tower of Babel in the, in the Bible is exactly what a lot of people will say in theology is how we created language and how all the countries separated and so on and so
0: forth. If you really want to get into it, but we can just leave it at that. And,
1: you know it. That's messed up shit.
0: Oh, it is. But, you know, it, it plays into what Roz is doing because Roz is, is is so driven by his own goals that he doesn't care about what line he crosses. And to see him go on an attack like this, like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's, he's so immortal in what he does. And you see just how Batman is just in there just, like, trying to figure out what's going on. But meanwhile, he's relying on the sense that the Justice League will step in to handle it. But it doesn't happen that way. mm Because they're all tied up with what's going on. And when you see the Flash and Wonder Woman, who have been really the only people unaffected at this moment. Yet. Right. They're going to try rounding up the other members. And they go to Kyle Rayner at the time, who's Green Lantern. And he has. Is that guy Gardner? Surprisingly, no. Even though I would love to see the rematch between him and Batman, just putting it out there. You see Guy, or yeah, you got me saying Guy Gardner now, congratulations. <laughs> Kyle Rayner is actually blind now mm-hmm. due to a interesting infection, if you will, if it would be like a suggestion that's been hidden inside his, his own ring. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a crazy thing that goes on with this because it's something that nobody else would know about except somebody that had such intricate details of the Justice League. Right. And outside the Green Lantern Corps, it's a little crazy. So he's considered helpless in his own mind. Like he can't handle the fact of what's going on, especially with his alter ego being a graphic artist.
1: Absolutely. You are, you, he, ha, he comes from the mindset of you are what you do. Mm-hmm. And being an artist, not being able to see and to feel that, you know, the color and shape. I mean, heck, you could even go back to Batman, or not Batman, uh, Superman, the animated series, you know, when Kyle says himself, I don't know, man, I just doodle in the sides of, of pages. You know, I just think of form and line and color. How can you do that when you can't physically see it? Your
0: mind's eye only works so, so much. Mm-hmm. So as you're seeing, he's taken out, and then we see Wonder Woman is then suddenly attacked as well mm-hmm. because it's those nanites again, and she gets the most deadliest ear infection of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's put it mildly. Because when she gets hit with her nanite, it's a shot to the ear. And it makes her go into a, a a different reality, where she thinks she's fighting.
1: Oh yeah, she, she and the worst part is is that Wonder Woman doesn't have a fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. She has a fight or fight more response,
0: mm-hmm. and it's causing her it to escalate her own me- her own metabolism so much that she's almost in danger of having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, when you're reading this, I mean, how next level is Wade's writing about this?
1: It's it's insane that you know to just think psychologically of all these characters, you know, Wade had been thinking, you know, and just taking little notes back and forth. Like, okay, I could do this. I could do that. He, like he was Batmaning himself, himself. Mm. If you think about it, when he finally got his chance to re- to write this.
0: Yeah. So when all of this is going on, Superman is finally getting brought into this. And there is a surprise waiting for him by Raz's forces. Mm-hmm red kryptonite
1: red kryptonite yeah not the green stuff
0: no surprisingly and you know what that's such a smart move and especially knowing the history of soups because if you're seeing this happen and play out you're really getting the sense of this is so detailed like how is this going because everybody would assume green kryptonite because well that kills superman all the time or you know so this is you know biggest weakness and sure enough we see a red and obviously it's affecting him and just making him weaker and really affecting him on that kind of level that he's just so overwhelmed he can't function. Yep. And it's just such a crazy idea going on, and he's sitting there and it almost it hits him at this stage too of like who's behind this, because he he can sense obviously with his Kryptonian biological nature this is not real red kryptonite. Right. It's made up. And meanwhile, the Flash is also recovering too from. Uh, his he was hit with an attack too that is causing him to ha- be affected by the speed force and kind of having uh like
1: he got shot with a bullet that it keeps vibrating at whatever the flash's uh, frequency is therefore it can't pass through him it's staying in that fluctuating state with his body so he's always being constantly in the pain of being shot.
0: hmm And it's such a unique thing to see. And then when everybody finally gets. Uh, to a place where they can get back to the Justice League headquarters. The big reveal has happened. There's one person behind all this. It's Batman. Mm Mm-hmm. Batman is exposed for having protocols about every member's strengths and weaknesses. Tom, when you're reading this, what are you going through in your head?
1: Now, for me, I knew this coming in that it was... Batman, this was all written by Batman because I'm familiar with the animated version before coming to read this, mm-hmm. and trust me, the differences are are apples and oranges at, at certain parts. So knowing that Batman's behind this, but seeing the reactions because of the differences, there are certain different characters between them uh, because we have Kyle and Plaz, where in the animated version we have a Cyborg, um, so he's the wild card in that, but we'll talk about that shortly. Mm. Um It really was great to see their reactions, you know, especially just still with the the rest of the team. I mean, Wonder Woman and and Supes were, Wonder Woman was just flabbergasted. Mm -hmm. Um, The only one that was surprised but almost
0: understanding to a degree was Martian Manhunter, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, when you have to think about it, too, Batman has ultimately put the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's the most paranoid being on planet Earth. Without question, just the amount of stuff. I mean, you think about what he's done with Omak and you think what he's done in his own city of Gotham, let alone now he's got walking around with literal gods amongst him. Yeah. And he has to find a way that if something should go wrong, he needs to do something. And as wild wildest dreams, this is this was never foreseeable that how he could be attacked on this level. Mm-hmm. But yet Raz is his equal, if not greater than him on his intellect. So you almost have to think he should have saw this coming. But once it's revealed, and especially the red kryptonite is what does it, it causes a rift between the team. And this plays into what we already saw with Grant's run, that when Batman is there, he's always been an outsider. He's he's the definitive
1: part-timer. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's he's more of the... Oh, man, I don't, I don't know. I'll work on that
0: one. He's, he's the thinking. ultimate loner, Yeah. but in the same sense of... Throughout his history with the Justice League, he's always had a very... Tumultuous. Yes, relationship. I mean, even so back in the 80s when he broke away from him and formed his own team, Batman and the Outsiders. Yep. To see it come back into play now in the 90s, and especially how Grant wrote him of just being ultimately standoffish. Like, he was almost, like, put out to help the team at times. You understand why this carries through, and it's such a great pickup that it does and Porter's r- artwork on this. I mean, really captures it, too that you just see just the tension is there. And now it comes to an ultimate breaking point that when the team has to go like wrap their heads around what happened, the ones that really believed in Batman are now having doubt Martian Manhunter, Who's more like his equal in the sense of how they see the world. Right. Really? He's the one that understands the most Clark understands, but doesn't like it. But then again, there's also been their history throughout the, the dawn of time or the dawn of DC, if you will, that, They've had different ethics about how they do their business. Absolutely. And Clark would never do that to his team, but Batman, he does, but there's reason behind it. Because he understands about if something should go wrong, there is a protocol to jump in. So I mean, like I say, this is just building off the with Batman with prep time, he can take over the world. And as we see here, this is kind of the thesis statement behind it. Mm-hmm. And Roz is now on the verge of taking over the entire world because not only has he changed the spoken word, he now has nerve gas that he's ready to unleash and wipe out a good portion of the population. And he already has nations on the brink of fighting. Like he's literally at. The he's tearing
1: of- the world apart as it seems.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's just such a next level thing to do, but this is plays into the strengths of Ra's al Ghul because he's never been one to just take over Gotham. No, that's beneath him. He wants the world, and he now has it as his fingertips. So the team has to rally together to try stopping him. And luckily, you're seeing that the team members are recovering enough yep. that finally at the, the 11th hour, Aquaman is saved. And if you have not seen the entire run, you literally see him break down. And he knows he's dying until finally they literally force the water into him and they finally have a chance to go make a run at him at Aras, and go to his base. And they do get an unlikely ally to a degree to help them because she winds up turning the page and really giving them the win. And who is that? Talia Agul. Now, for me, right here, for this
1: run, she was a superstar for me. Mm -hmm. Like, this was a bat centric story, but seeing how we got Talia and how we got the off the page. Uh, you know, monologuing from her and all of her motivations. And as much as she loves Bruce, she's still her father's daughter. Uh, She was the standout for me out of everyone in this book, Mm. everyone in the run. And I mean, kudos to, yeah, hey, we're putting the Justice League all right up here. By the way, have you
0: met Talia? Yeah. And she winds up because she's she's very disgusted with her father's actions. Her feelings for Bruce have always been, a gift and a curse, if you will.
1: Oh, it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm.
0: And their history is a very, very messy one, to put it mildly. But to see her come through in this stage, because she understands about what Roz did to the Bruce's parents, that's the tipping point for mm-hmm. this. Because she is like, he crossed the line. You, you have to... Uh... Mm-hmm. And to see this actually play out, I mean, that's the insanity of this. To see her just step up and jump in and really say, you did something wrong. Because she's always been along the same mindset of Roz. Mm-hmm. And she's always you know, taken her emotions and kept them out of it, but this is one time when we see her bring them in to play. And to see her do this, I mean, this is what really stops everybody going on. They stop releasing any of the nerve gas going on. The heroes win. Roz is defeated in one foul swoop right at his home base. But then the fallout, and this is why the story stands out so much. Oh, is, yeah. The good guys win, but they don't because you're still left with the fact that Batman crossed the line in some members' minds. And he explains that his whole idea behind this, which makes sense. And, I mean, obviously it's Batman, so there is a little bit of twisted logic behind it. He ties this back to a moment in their past when the just Injustice League was involved and how they all swapped bodies. Yep. And it's a crazy idea. Make sure to check your Silver Age comics. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that's a great run, too.
1: I, well, I just love the fact that they put the little blurb on the on the panel. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, so. Yeah, because, I mean, they, the fact that they did it, it's such a deep dive about this, too. And that's something that Wade has always been you know great throughout. Whatever book he's been on, he's always taken some deep dives mm-hmm. and really brought that to the attention. And respects this, the history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially with Justice League, I mean, there's so much history to be had there. And especially tying in with such a modern theme. Because, I mean, when you think about when they started out with the Justice League, everybody's BFFs.
1: Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Oh, my God.
0: And to see it now, such a fracture happen, And Batman's explaining, like, look, this is why I did this. It wasn't meant to be a personal attack. Nobody was ever supposed to find this. But if something happens to put the world in danger, yeah, there's a line that has to be crossed. Oh, yeah. And he's the only one that feels he can do it. And in all honesty, he is. Because everybody else has a very moral idea of what's going on. Because, I mean, they've now been exposed to their worst fears. And if I'm Batman, too, I also realize, like, this didn't stop them, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that this could come back to play in a future story down the road. But, I mean, to stay when you have Wonder Woman on the ropes and she has to finally break her own nanite alternate reality, you have Aquaman who has to overcome his worst fear. You have Martian Manhunter who's literally dying inside, but yet finds the strength to come through. Kyle Rayner beats his own ring and the flash defeats the speed force. I mean, the fact that you threw your best punch at him and didn't work. I mean, this is something that I'm sure will come back into play, but at the present time, while this is happening, it also leads the group to make a very unique choice. And that is what do you do with Batman and chat? If you're the justice league, are you keeping him on the team or are you letting him go? And what happens if you do? You know, this it's a very interesting choice that they have to make. And one that when the vote happens, it's kind of a surprising one to a degree.
1: Yeah, it's set up to three. And, you know, with the seven members that are at the table, not counting Batman, obviously, it comes down to three and three. Mm-hmm. Three yeses, three noes,
0: And who's the deciding vote? Well, when you break down who's... Pro Batman, Martian Manhunter, who that was a given. Flash, and that's another given too. Barry Allen and him have always, you know, had a great run. Even Wally West and him have 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 always had a great connection. Kyle Rayner is kind of the curveball as well.
1: Yeah, I'm the new kid. I don't know. Uh, It's a good idea.
0: Yeah, but on the opposing side is Aquaman, who is like, nope, you're gone.
1: He's too proud of it for he he gets his own hook in his own way.
0: Mm -hmm. But like I say. Him, it makes sense, but he is always, but this is where he almost did, did the renaissance too. I mean, you think about when he did his kind of transformation in the late 90s and jumping oh, yeah. in there. And then when we see Wonder Woman, she's like, no, like I understand what he did, but no. And Plastic Man, who's always been an ally too, like I thought this was a very interesting play, he flips because he's always been associated with Batman oh, too. Oh, a-
1: absolutely. He's, all, you know, Brave and the Bold, you think of everything with that and seeing Plas. But the thing is, is that I think. Plastic Man had a a face with his own mortality. Mm-hmm. And because it came from Batman, he was like, nope, I'm good.
0: Yeah. So when you're opposed to that, and like I say, it's just interesting to see how the vote divided because Hal Jordan had always had a problem with Batman. Kyle Rayner sides with him. Barry Allen and Wally West, and even Wally West in this story, he sides with Batman. But when you see the vote comes down to Superman, it's not a surprising choice, but it is.
1: Well, before we get to get to soups, if you think about it now, let's really think about this for a second. Would you break down the big seven sans Batman? Will you break down the eight members of the Justice League right here? OK, mm-hmm. a lot of people will consider certain characters a mm-hmm. and some of them could be considered B, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, Manhunter was more or less a B character for a lot of for a lot of outsiders views. So that makes sense. Kyle's the new kid, B, right? Mm -hmm. Flash is always hit and miss, especially, you know, we were going through this time between Wally and, and why am I, I just blanked. Wally and Kyle. You know, yeah. I mean, between everything. So yeah, Flash Mm -hmm. can go back and forth between A and B. But Aquaman, like you said, having this new resurgence, definitely he's going to be an A-tier character. Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman has always been an A-tier character. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, it kind of lines up that the A's are negative, are, mm. are the no's and the B's are kind of, yeah, sure, I, I, we get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does kind of play into that fact, too, and especially with Wally and Kyle at this time, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're still understanding how the world is working yep. in the land of superheroes, especially Kyle, who's really been thrusted in, in, you know, in comparison. So to see them do the vote, it makes sense on that aspect. But when Superman makes a call, he really goes on his ethics instead of his own personal ideas. Yep. Because as much as they're best friends, and that has been something that has been well stated throughout comics as well, he has to go with his ethical vote. Absolutely. And I mean, and it goes into truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. So when they're ready to go tell Batman what has happened, <laughs> Batman, Batman's gone. <laughs> Batman he's, pulled a Batman. Yep, because he's like, I already know how this is going to go. Like, the fact that it was going to come down to Clark making a vote, I already know how he's going to play out. And he understands it. And even Superman's like, nope, he knew what I was going to do. And that's how it ends. And they do keep this up for quite some time after mm-hmm. as well, which I thought was, was very, very interesting. Because this could have been a one and done and Batman was back, but he didn't come back until after issue 50. And you have to think, there's been a good five months in between here? Yep. So it's a very interesting story to play out, but it goes into the sense of what really made Batman such a polarizing character amongst his own teammates.
1: And that also had further effects for the Bat family and the DC as a whole. Mm -hmm. There was a small uh, three or four pages of the Lost Pages um, that went along with this uh, where uh, Wally went to San Francisco and talked with Nightwing and was like, Dude, do you even have contingencies for the Titans? Um, Then we see Young Justice, and I believe it was Tim at the time who was Mm -hmm. on Young Justice. You know, does he have an idea uh, about something? Because you see a small fight scene, and Tim knew exactly what the other uh, heroes' capabilities were. So how much of this trickled down from Bruce to the Robins? Mm -hmm. And on top of it, Barb, the oracle that she is, felt so betrayed because... Barb knows all. She is the oracle. Like mm-hmm. she's she's the the brainchild of the Justice League, and yeah, Bats even just was like, "Nah, I'm good."
0: Yeah, and you know it's it's such a crazy move, and especially Derek pointed out too in the chat, they kept Batman out for a while, mm-hmm. and especially too in the day and age where you know you're trying to sell you know comic books to keep a star out like that. I mean, it's insane to think about, but I love that they stuck to their guns about this well, and they let Wade tell his story.
1: Yeah, absence also makes the heart grow fonder, so when you know he comes back five, six months later, it's like, cha-ching.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it completely plays into the whole mythos there because he's, like we said, he's always had this fringe connection with the Justice League that not everybody loves him for what he does, and, I, and even to a lesser degree, it's something they're doing in the comics right now with the Gotham War. And it just it plays into such a unique style. Like I say, there's a lot to really enjoy about this and how they do this. And like I say, when we talk about, you know, what we loved about this, I love that Wade really went here with such the personal attacks, almost given a horror aspect in Aquaman's case. Yep. And really showcasing like the worst fears can come to light and what happens when your greatest heroes fall victim to one of their own. So, Tom, I mean, what stood out to you in this for the story? Well, first,
1: like I said, Talia is a number one for me. Seeing her whole infiltration of the Batcave and the Watchtower and how we were getting that was something I was not expecting at at, at all. Mm-hmm. So to get her mindset as everything's going on was a really nice palette cleanser. Again, I'm already coming in knowing the animated feature. So to get this twist on, it really opens up and broadens the story for me. So that was my big thing that I really, really enjoyed about this.
0: Yeah, you know, like I say, there's a lot to enjoy about this. And I loved how they just really questioned Batman's ethics Mm -hmm. because you really see the sense of him thinking he's doing what's right. And you know this has been something that has been a character trait that really kind of picked up steam, like I said, in the 90s and carries through right to today. Yeah. Like that he's so intense about his vision of justice that he's blind to everybody around him. And to not even factor in the facts of like, okay, if I do this, my team, who is supposed to trust me and I them, that's going to be severed completely. But he didn't care. But that's the whole thing. He didn't care. Because he's so committed to his vision. And then, like I say, it just makes him one of the most complex characters in in comics. That even with all this prep time he has, this is his best shot. And I love the fact that it didn't stop them. Like it did slow them down. Right. But even now, he has to take this in the back of his mind and go, I have to go back to the drawing board. Is there anything that you were like, "Mm, this really didn't connect with me about with the story? I think
1: they could have done a better job incapacitating Kyle. Mm. You know, I think it was kind of a cheap move with that. Um, Yeah, that was the one I I really didn't enjoy. But out of everybody else, it it made sense, especially pulling Aquaman. You know, the way they did was awesome. Um, Yeah, Kyle was probably my, yeah, that's my downvote.
0: I, I have to kind of agree with you about I'll play off it a little bit. Please. I would have liked to seen this go a little further than four issues to really show like everybody recovered quicker than I thought from being like this is supposed to be the protocol that takes you out. It just kind of felt like they did. They went through like an issue and a half of being down, and then everybody came back at the end.
1: So would you want to have a longer run of Tower Babel? Or would you rather have the tower Babel and then say maybe two or three issues of another sub mini series called uh, the Rebuilding or a, a Tower, the Watchtower again or something like that?
0: I would much rather have the story stretch out. okay? Because the only thing is I think sometimes too much of a good thing happens when you do all those spin-offs.
1: Okay, Yep. and okay. I,
0: and I think that if they just maybe extended just maybe one more issue and really kind of let it sink in that, Roz was right at the cusp of winning like really like there's that sense of peril like I've I'm I've at the end game you couldn't stop me like even if he's taunting Bruce the entire time because mm-hmm. I mean Batman just kind of comes and goes and it felt like a normal Batman issue in that sense but then once you throw in the dynamic of the broken trust oh. that's where it really hit and like I say you have, it teeters on it for the first couple issues, but then when you get to the third, and especially the fourth, Yep. the fourth is the money shot that really nails everything to, right to the bullseye. Like I say, that's the winning championship shot. That once you have that, that's where it sinks in about how devastating this story is. And then especially when they do the interpretations, like you know, in the chat about Justice League Doom, and especially the animated film.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's do it. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna compare and contrast. Number one, it is not Razagul. It is Vandal Savage. Mm-hmm. We don't get uh, a a we get a new version of the Legion of Doom, ran by Vandal Savage. So that way we have each JLAer pairing off with someone. Uh, we're down uh, Plaz, but we get Cyborg in return. We don't have Kyle, we get Hal again. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of the interpretations that they did on the small screen were better ways of incapacitating uh, the the team. You know, Kyle got this really lame, oh, I can't see, see thing. Well, instead of using fear toxin on Aquaman, they use it on GL and like totally... Broke his will. Mm-hmm. And I mean, your your lanterns are only as powerful as their force of will is, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get red kryptonite. We got straight up green kryptonite being shot right into soups. Mm-hmm. You know, Wonder Woman, we took the idea of the fear toxin or some sort of uh, mental something. Um, and instead of nanites, it, she saw cheetah. So they pretty much stayed on the same line minus the nanites. But they did bring the nanites over when they have took out, uh, John Jones mm. by having magnesium covered coated nanites in his system. I think it was, the ideas were really good. And at the same time, you know, as opposed to, you know, Vandal really messed up stuff. And the idea of using a solar flare instead of, you know, nerve gas to take out, you know, half to two thirds of the world was a really nice idea. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's it's honestly one of my favorite go-to DC animated movies. Um, That, Under the Red Hood, I mean, I could do a whole episode just on that alone of those 17 films. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was a nice nice way to do it. And because I'm so familiar with it, when I read the book, I'm hearing their voices. I'm hearing Kevin Conroy. I'm hearing Michael Rosenbaum. I'm hearing, you know, Tim Daly as I'm reading this book. And it just takes it to a whole extra level. So, like... Kyle was kind of hard to figure out his voice in my head mm-hmm. and Plaz for me is always going to be the brave and the bold version so hey what's going on bats how yeah. you doing all right um and it just adds that whole extra level to reading the book so when you get to that issue 4 and you get to the mistrust and you get to the arguing and you get to those even those lost pages and you you know reconnect with those characters holy crap it just hits hit hit me on a whole different level because there are Times where you, you know, they say you can't hear a picture. Trust me, when it comes to these characters that you love, you absolutely can.
0: No, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the interpretations they did for Justice League Doom, and it's a great animated version of this as well. I like how they swapped out Roz with Vandal Savage. I think Vandal Savage is one of the most underrated villains in all the DCU. And I and I when you can use them right and especially on this level, I think it works. Yeah. And especially too, and I know I, I messed up earlier too because like on the animated film, it's Barry Allen. In the yeah. comic, it's Wally, Wally West. West. But especially when they mix up, you know, Barry and Hal, and Kyle, it's like I say, they took the the great interpretations, but they kept the main theme.
1: Yeah. The the, the theme was always there. You know, I I think that having a Green Lantern for a Green Lantern is is one thing. A Flash mm-hmm. for a Flash is another thing. Um. And again, even just doing you know, Plastic Man uh, versus Cyborg, uh, and even Aquaman too, they're necessarily interchangeable in an aspect, just as a character on screen, but the impact that all the things have happened, it correlates, whether it's on the page or on the screen.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just something that when the, you get the story, and especially how you push the narrative of how Batman is a hero, but is he really? And you can kind of question that amongst yourself as a reader and the interpretation of his own fellow teammates. Mm-hmm. And, as, and like I say, when you do this story, there's a fine line you have to walk because you can make him to be a complete villain. Oh, yeah. But once you understand what he's doing, it's like you can almost say, okay, if you put yourself in his shoes, does this make sense? You know, Is this really what is driving the point home? And, and this is one story that I think, when we talk about modern Batman, this is one that always jumps out to me. Mm-hmm. And Very like, much. Then, like I say, I didn't find too much wrong with it. It's just the only things is, like I said, I would like to see it drawn out because I love this story so much as, as an idea, and I really think it, it it hits the mark too.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and then also, um, just want to consider the fact that. Since we didn't have Roz and, you know, Roz taking his parents, we flipped over to Bane because, you know, Bane's still so fresh in our heads of breaking the bat. Mm-hmm. It was also a great thing to add. I, but, you know, it was a little haphazard how they came up with it because after the whole vote, you know, when Soup's goes to talk to him, he says, you know, you had contingencies for all of us. And even Batman says, yeah, Vandal came up with this thing of burying me with my parents. I was like, eh. Yeah, And then Soup says, well, what's your contingency for yourself? It's called the Justice League.
0: Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense, too. Or his alternate personality, which you're seeing a lot now in the comic. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give it too much away if you haven't checked that out at the shops, but you definitely want to make sure you're checking out the Gotham War right now. A lot of good stuff happening there. So what would you say is your grade on JLA Tower of Babel?
1: I'm going to give it a solid Mm 8.5. You know, like I said, there were a few missteps with how certain characters were taken out or incapacitated, and I agree. Having it, you know, stretched out a little bit would have been nicer. Um, Yeah, because the resolution, you know, we build, 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 and then the resolution was kind of like, okay, it's there. Mm -hmm. So I will give it a solid 8.5 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I got to agree with you on this. I think it is an 8.5 out of 10. You know, I think the biggest thing with this is it really brought an idea that had been looming around for quite some time and really brought it to the forefront of can you really trust Batman? And can the JLA really trust him? And especially with the lives of Earth's population on the line, it's a fine line to walk of what you think is the greater good and what you think is not the greater good. Because do you put your friendship and your, your partnership with your team over the world? I mean, in this situation, because look at what happens when it goes wrong. Okay, so if
1: you were wearing the utility belt and the cow, mm-hmm. let's, let's just ask, and everybody in chat, I want to hear this too. Would you have done what Batman did? Yeah. Because I absolutely would. And I think I would take it to the point of not only incapacitate and possibly even have the worst plan B, depending on the character's power level. That's just me, and you guys can scream at me and chat all you want, but I absolutely would have to, yeah, have have those things in place. I'm the same way in my own jobs. I'm always thinking, you know, try to think two steps ahead. Okay, if I start this policy into place, how is this going to roll out, and what do I do when this happens next?
0: Yeah. No, I, I think in the sense of Batman, I understand why he did what he did because, let's face it, in a weird sense, he's in comparison Hawkeye to the Avengers, He's a normal man amongst gods, amongst these superpowered oh. beings of the world. What happens when something goes wrong?
1: Have we even had a story like this in Marvel?
0: Yes. There was one with the X-Men, and Xavier had protocols. But, but-
1: I mean, well, okay, I should say... Clarify, for the Avengers. Have we had one? Not to Avengers my knowledge. Style? Okay.
0: Chad, if I'm wrong, definitely hit me up about this. Yeah,
1: we might have to visit it and maybe do a compare and contrast, you know, different
0: sides of the comic world. Mm-hmm. I know that, I like I said, I know for a fact there was an X-Men one. Okay. Because if I'm not mistaken, and it's been a while, Cerebro went sentient. Yeah, I remember and, that. And, okay. and took out everybody based off the protocols of Xavier. So there is that comparison. As far as the Avengers go, I I mean, I'm sure because Tony Stark is involved. I'm sure he did something because reasons. Illuminati. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. Between him and Reed, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm sure Derek is going to be lighting me up in the chat about this one. But um, no, I but with Tony Stark and Reed Richards involved, I'm sure there's been some kind of weird planned contingency that they have in, in set in place. Being the head members of the Illuminati, I, I, I think that's like Phase Eleven or
1: something. Maybe in the movies at this point. Oh,
0: I, I'm sure it's going to be something. Let me t- take a
1: look what they did with the Hulk. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they thought it'd be great to send him to a peaceful planet, and they completely misfired, and, you know, Hulk came back angry. He, he's a
1: friend from work.
0: Yeah, angrier and, and ready to kill everybody. So, <laughs> you know, like I say, you know, the idea might have made sense, but I think in Batman's case, it makes more sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah. soup to nuts. I, I always think that DC, for me, has always had the on-paper the stronger characters,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, on paper, if you did everybody out by power levels, you can find a, a decent, you know, correlation of Marvel versus DC. I think DC has always been that better power set, more powerful character.
0: DC has always taken the stance of like the Greek gods with theirs. And I think that when, when they implement like that's their heroes in comparison to Marvel, which is more everyday based, Street level. Yeah, I mean that's because they want to keep it, you know, their universe and mm-hmm. and where everybody is literally living in New York for the most part. It it makes sense, and like I say, each one works for what they're trying to do.
1: Except Agent Venom. Shout out to Philadelphia. Go Birds.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but in that in that sense though, it plays in, you know, and especially with Marvel, it's a lot more personal. But they're also it's more of the the you know the neighborhood vibe, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, DC. It's kept to a distance for the most part because, you you know, trying to relate to Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman to an extent. I mean, it's tough because, you know, they're more than human for what they're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we could get into the whole stuff of how, like you said, Marvel's in its own little microscope. But DC, to me, is in a microcosm, if you think about it. But, again, that's a whole different kettle of fish.
0: It's a great debate, but, you know, that's the cool thing about it, that you can have this go on, and, you know, both universes work. I mean, sure, they borrow some similar ideas, but at the end of the day, it's all about the execution. And I think with this story, too, this really hit the ground and did some really cool things, and, oh. I, and I love how it played out.
1: I got done with this, and and I'm just expungulating to my wife and I got done reading those last few lost pages and I'm like, God, I love comics.
0: Yeah. I mean, how can you not? That that's the great thing when you have a story like this and it really makes sense and really hits home in the sense of like you can understand these characters, you understand the conflict, and you understand like the the ramifications. Oh, yeah. And it didn't go like one issue and gone. No. Like that's the key thing about this. So definitely highly recommend it from here at the Nerd Initiative Bullpen. But before we let everybody go. It is new comic book day tomorrow. Yes. Tom, do you have any recommendations you want to pass along? Uh,
1: I would say everybody go back and go read this, to be quite honest. I think you're you're doing yourself a disservice, so go hit up your local comic book shop. Mm-hmm. See if you can find an issue. these few issues of JLA. See if you can find it in trade paperback. That would be my biggest recommendation. Uh, secondly, because I've been working so good at Star-Mart, I don't even know what's coming out tomorrow.
0: No, but you, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, there's a lot coming out tomorrow. I'm going to give two picks then because there's a lot that is coming out tomorrow. Nerd Initiative is kicking off 9 a.m. tomorrow. So if you're not following the news feed, you definitely need to because, like I say. Are we
1: doing hour-by-hour reviews?
0: Yes, we are. That is the staple now on Wednesdays. So kicking off at 9 a.m. We will be doing that all day until we run out. The bullpen has got a great lineup of books coming out. But there's two I wanted to highlight this week. One, because, well, we're talking Batman, and I did get a chance to review this, and this one is out right now on Nerd Initiative, and this is the brand new Batman and Robin number one by Joshua Williamson and Simone Demio. We got a number one? This is, yeah, this book is tying in to a whole brand new story that's coming out. Um This does play into the Gotham War, which has been the big crossover that's going on, which Batman versus Catwoman. And the stakes are very, very high. And I will say this, without spoiling anything, even though two issues are out, so I'm not ruining anything. If you like the vibe that's in Tower of Babel, you will like the idea behind The Gotham War.
1: Justin, put it in my box.
0: Yes. So I definitely recommend this book. This was just awesome. This is Bruce and Damien back together doing amazing things and like i say if if you're a fan of like it it, it had like a modern vibe to like that old school batman and robin team up okay and there's a lot of stuff that's been going on between these two especially with uh night terrors if you've been following that with dc you definitely want to keep an eye out for this um like i say it's out right now um and this is one that i think definitely is going to be hitting the mark
1: is damien still a bit of a dick
0: You know, he is, but he's grown on us. Oh, good. Like, honestly, like his character development has been fantastic. So I definitely highly recommend checking his stuff out and especially to see where he's at here. Like, this is one that you can jump in as a new reader and you'll have an idea what's going on. Like if you haven't been reading Batman lately, but it's very, in my opinion, is new reader friendly and the story behind this is very, very interesting.
1: Is it easy to get in as far as the story?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's very straightforward. It's 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 contained from the the Gotham War, so it's not like you need to read that. However, if you do, you'll have a little bit under better understanding. Okay. But it's not a, a required read. But there's another book that I want to mention too, and this is one that I know will be coming out on Nerd Initiative tomorrow for the review, and this is one that I think is just a very, very cool book. If you like that Texas blood from image comics, it's the Enfield gang massacre by Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. This is a very, very cool story. And like I say, it's got such a unique vibe to it. I think this is one series that has definitely been, you know, catching my attention and a lot of readers too. And, uh, you know, like I say, this is one that if you're into kind of like, you know, that old school vibe, this is captures it perfectly. I like i say i really dig the series a lot and i know the the review will be out tomorrow on nerdinitiative.com so you definitely want to keep an eye out for that especially and as you know all there's so many great books that are coming out tomorrow too you know no matter where you're going dc dark horse idw image boom studios boom. shout out to boom they no matter where you're going there's always a great issue to go pick up and that's why we always throw in above tom's head as you're seeing the QR code to find your local comic shop. So you go out, go pick these issues up, go talk to fellow fans, really have that interaction, and really drive the point home about it. Because like I say, there's a lot of cool stuff that is out there. like And it's very diverse. Like I said, we talked Batman. We're talking the Enfield Gang Massacre here, number two, which you should go out and get issue number one because it's great. And there's just so much other great stuff at the comic shop. So that's why I say we can't drive it home enough If you're not following Nerd Initiative for New Comic Book Day, you need to. There's the QR code right now. New reviews are up. You definitely want to make sure you're following. And then you'll have a really good idea about what picking up at the comic shops this week. Also, I got to do one quick plug as well because there is a great Kickstarter book out by a good friend of ours. Mr. Matt Groom, yes, and Inferno Girl Red Book Two is out for Kickstarter right now. There's only a couple days left to go sign up for it. So if you haven't signed up for it yet, what are you waiting for? Like seriously, I don't, I, I, am putting it the like, nice. Li- w- light the inferno under your ass and get on Kickstarter. Hashtag Inferno Precedent. Inferno Precedent. Yes, you need to go sign up for that immediately. Go tell Matt you heard it on Turnipage. He definitely appreciates that. It's he, got my money. Yep, it's got it has a very good amount of my money as well. Plus, shout out to our guy, Marty, who did a contest to help promote this as well. Yes, to, the Ashcan. Yep. Yep, so the Ashcan winners. Congratulations
1: to our winners, by the way.
0: Yes, which were announced on Nerd Initiative Instagram. And speaking of that, this Friday. because this Friday. Yes, because, well, it's going to be Batman Day. It's Batman Day. We have something special coming to Nerd Initiative Instagram. Yes. So if you're a fan of the contest we've been doing, you definitely want to make sure you're following... On Friday, because we have a very special Batman Day contest lined up that will impact a Page. That's so right. we're we are ran by you. Mm-hmm. If
1: you think about it, you are just as integral as as we are to you in this show. So make sure you're checking out on Friday because I don't know, can we just spill the whole beans? Can we, can we just spill all the beans out of the utility belt?
0: Chat, if you want it, let us know in the in the comments right now. We're going to do this live. We're going to do this live. That's how we do it. If you want to hear Tom spill the beans of the contest, he'll do it for you. But we got to see in that chat. Yeah. But in the meantime, while well, we're waiting to see some votes, have you bought some merch lately? Because I'm always told that we don't throw this up enough. If you want to be wearing and sharing the Nerd Initiative banner all throughout where you are located around the world, click on that link and show some support to Nerd Initiative and go get some merchandise. There is a nice Tumblr there that may or may not be coming in my possession. I don't know. We'll have to kind of stay tuned for that because it will be making an appearance here. I wear my Nerd Initiative, but I can't show it on the internet, just saying. Yeah, that's fair enough. But (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of great things that are coming on, especially with the chat. And I know that we're having some people messaging outside of the chat right now. So I'm just going to put it like this. Make sure you're following Friday on Nerd Initiative Instagram. And there'll be the contest rules there. And if you want to win some cool swag, that is where you go. And it's going to impact turn a page very, very much. So that being said, Tom... Thank you, as always, for joining us. Why don't you let people know where to find you? As always, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on the interwebs
1: right here. Scan that QR code. You'll find me on the TikTok, the Instagram, the Facebooks, the Tweetgrams, the everywhere else on the internet that you may be, I will be there for you. So, as always, thank you so much, Ken. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Nerd Initiative. Thank you to everybody out there in Cyberland. It's always a pleasure.
0: And for me, I'm going to say keep everything odphpodcast.com, but I'm also throwing up a link for my partner in crime, On the brand new show hitting Nerd Initiative YouTube tomorrow night, Wednesday, September 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that is Wrestling Night Live. So we have some pro wrestling content. We've heard the demand. The team from 607TWS is coming over to Nerd Initiative YouTube with some other guests on the way. And we have a lot lined up. So if you're a pro wrestling fan, this is going to be destination television for you. And you definitely want to make sure you are subscribed to Nerd Initiative so you don't miss any minute of the content. But if you want to find out what's going on with Rich from 3FN and everything going on with that podcast, you definitely got to click on that QR code and that'll take you right to where he is doing his business. And like I said for me, odphpodcast.com. That's what we do on the socials. That, that
1: being, st- that new show is going to be so darn good, folks. Let me tell you, it's like coming right off the top rope, just hitting you with an elbow drop. It's going to be amazing. Like if you're not watching this, why?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why? We appreciate the support because, like I say, we're super excited to get the NI wrestling team going, and we got a lot of stuff planned there as well as here on Turn a Page yes. because next week we have something special lined up, and we also have our good friend returning since he has been gone for a couple episodes, and that's Matt from Hopskies News. We'll be back in the building. Should we drink during that episode? Can we? I don't see why not. Yeah, we'll do
1: it for for Matt. Like, you know,
0: we'll have junk and reviews. I mean, I drink ginger ale, so I'm good. I'll have two. There we go. So that said, folks, thank you as always for checking out the Nerd Initiative Comic Book Club. My name is Ken M. And remember, when you're at a comic shop and you have a great issue in your hand and you see somebody struggling to find a great book to pick up, hand yours off to him, tell him, to turn a page. We'll see you next time.